you know, we call it amateur radio, but we, we should call it amateur antenna because it's, you know, it's, <laughs> that's it's, really, it's, uh, that's good. Yeah. Amateur. It's really about the antenna, right? That's, you know, we, we spend all this time uh, heavy worrying into about amateur antenna. I'm Dennis Mojado, call sign AD6DM, and this is Hamdom Thoughts Podcast. This is a podcast about amateur radio, electronics, software, and tinkering. Today I'm talking with Doug, WA6L. Doug is a CW Ops beginner class advisor and avid tinkerer. He likes to build radio kits and is an active person on various ham radio modes, including D-Star, Arden, and CW. He's also a bit of a QRP nut. Thanks for joining us today on episode number 40. Stay tuned. Doug, thanks for hey. taking the time today. How yeah, you doing? Great to be here, Dennis. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're you're a neighbor of mine. Yeah, uh, just as, up the road a piece. Yeah, I'm in uh, Elk Grove, which is yeah. what maybe 10, 15 miles, maybe yeah. less than that from yeah, where you are. I know yeah. it's about a twenty minute drive for me to get into downtown Sac. Yep, up uh, up ninety nine, and depending on traffic, it's uh, it can take a long time or it's pretty quick. You know? Yeah, so It'd probably uh, be quicker yeah. to get to you than it would be for me to get to my office that I used to commute to. Oh yeah, I, right. I, I yeah. Was that Rancho, Rancho Cordova? Yeah, I work in Rancho. Okay. Yep. Yep. But anyway, yeah, I go um, up to uh, Roseville every day. That's my that's my Roseville. well, I used to. <laughs> I guess in yeah. COVID times, you know, I, I don't travel up there very often. Anymore, I know a but, few. Uh, uh, I have a few coworkers who live in Roseville. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like it up there. Yep. They have one particular, is it the Galleria? Is that Galleria. what Galleria. Yeah, we're yeah. right across the street from the Galleria. Yeah, the big mall nice, up there. So. Uh, nice shopping center up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, uh, yeah, I've been in Sacramento for uh, a long time now. 20, oh gosh. Okay, so 92, I guess, is when I first moved uh, to Sacramento. So it's been, it's been a, been a while. I grew up in San Francisco Bay Area. Okay. And came out here chasing a, chasing a job. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where oh, I'll be here for a couple of years and I'll move back to the Bay Area, right? And then, yeah. you know, you, you blink and <laughs> two kids later and 30 years later or whatever the heck it is. I don't, I don't want to do the math. It's been a long time. So, yeah. but I like it. Sacramento is a, it's a nice town. The Sacramento area is, it's good for raising kids. You know, it's been, it's been great. You know, the house prices are at the time were reasonable. Yeah. You, I don't think you I don't, moved here. It's reasonable anymore. But. You moved here when it was, when my area was still industrial, I bet. Yeah industrial oh, yeah. uh, land mm-hmm. and like yep. you know it was just the big propane tanks pretty much yeah elk groves but yeah that has definitely changed a, a lot over the years yeah, it's just like, developed uh, like a lot of places yeah so but it's been great yeah i got uh, two kids that are in college now and um and uh you know great great wife great family and so uh yeah. so sacramento's been been good to us well, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, you are uh, an advisor for CW Ops beginning level students, which is cool. That means that uh, you're very patient and that you're uh, 
you know, you're really good at CW to be able to show others how to get into it. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm okay. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I've through CW Ops, I've met amazing operators, uh, you know, guys that can really uh, crack along. And, uh, you know, I'm serviceable. I'm okay. Uh, and, and being an advisor for CW Ops, it's, it's really more about just sharing your, your love of it and being excited about it mm-hmm. and, and being someone who can, uh, you know, listen to the students when they're having issues and, uh, you, you know, it really is advising. It's not really teaching. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the CW Ops program is great. Uh, they basically have a, a nice uh, course program that you go through and every class, you know, you do certain things before every class and you go online and there's a, a really nice website that plays tones for you that you can listen to. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's a pretty good theory about, you know, the best way to learn yeah. um, more, more scope. I so. think that's one of the big things for CW ops uh, that helped me was the homework. And if you're not yeah. committed to the homework, then mm-hmm. you're going to struggle throughout the whole thing. But yeah. uh, right. the, the advisors mm-hmm. would always give us something to do every day. And uh, some of the work, just to stretch ourselves, like go faster than we think we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. then it would, it would benefit us in the long run because then when he would go back, like in CW ops one, he would go back to like 15 to 18 words per minute. It would mm-hmm. seem easier because we were practicing yeah. at 20 or, mm-hmm. or yep. faster. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. People put these funny uh, roadblocks in their minds. And that's one of the things we, we try to get over. And I, I certainly tell my students this, that, you know, the reason you don't think you can do it is you just don't think you can do it. Yeah, and you, yeah. you just have to get past that point where you're, you're, you're putting this roadblock up that just, that just doesn't exist. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, the example you give is if, you know, if, if, if you had started learning at 20 um, and you heard, like you say, you heard someone at 15, then it's just it, the difference between 15 and 20 is huge. You know, yeah, it yeah. doesn't, you know, it's a, it's a major difference between those two. So, so yeah, part of our deal is starting people at 20 uh, at the beginner level and no farms worth um, mm-hmm. and just, and just keep them at that 20 level just to learn the letters at least. Right. Yeah. Uh, and get those down and maybe short words and that kind of thing. And uh, that's, you know, that's all we're trying to do. I don't think we're at the beginner level, you know, we're not trying to, to do too much mm-hmm. uh, with it. And, and my job as an advisor, just, yeah, like I said, they come on and we just do a round table. Mm-hmm. Everyone says what they learned, what they're having trouble with. Um, I try to just keep them motivated and keep them, keep them coming to the next lesson. So that was, mm-hmm. it's kind of like when I was a you know baseball coach for little league, that's what they, what they said. It's like, we, ju- we just want you to make sure the kids sign up again next year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's your job. Make them sign up again next year. So have enough fun like. to, to sign up again. Yeah. 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 That's kind of where, where I'm at. So, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I, been enjoying that. I've done three or four, uh, classes with that. And so, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. You're also an avid tinkerer. It seems your QRZ page mentions, uh, quite a few kits that you've worked on and you have, uh, various yeah. gear antennas. You have a G five RV, uh, yeah. handhelds, mm-hmm. you're yeah. into APRS and, uh, D star and Arden most recently. So yeah. It yeah, looks like you're really in there in the technology side of, of ham radio as well. Yeah, I guess I am. Um, I don't know if that's, that's just what I enjoy, I guess, but it's funny. It's changed over the years where I, I started out really just thinking that um, homebrew and kits were kind of my thing. And that's all I really wanted to do was just solder stuff together and, 
kind of learn how it all worked. And, and so I, I did a lot of that early on. Um, you know, I did a lot of listening to the, uh, the solder smoke podcast with Bill Mara and, mm, yeah. uh, and I was, uh, you know, I really enjoyed the idea of the, the old radios and fixing things and making things yourself and all that. And, and I, that created a good kind of foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, at some point, uh, the, I, I switched, I switched, I went to the dark side. I switched over. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm what they'd call a, you know, an appliance operator, I think is what they would say yeah. on the, on solder smoke. So, <laughs> the um, appliance operators union is what HRCC does. I don't know if you watch ham radio crest course. But, I do yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I do from time to time. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. I, that, that guy's quite something. Yeah. So, um, so what so, yeah, other, uh, activities it, do you like to do? Uh, yeah. What? What are what are um, some of the things you do, either ham radio related or electronic software or any of that? Yeah, I guess my radio stuff lately um, has uh, been. Yeah, I do. It's funny, you know. I I, I do some P Star. Uh, that's the only real uh, uh, voice communicating that I do on the radio. You know, I, I really uh, I, I've got you know thousands of CW contacts, but I think I've got maybe literally four or five single sideband. Uh, oh really? In my log, yeah. Um, what uh, so just, reflectors do you hang out on in D Star? You know, just the basic one. You know, the uh, reflector fourteen, the local. Oh okay. Uh, D Star. That's about it. You know, and that's usually my Sunday night thing. I, I, I'll I'll just get on Sunday nights. Fourteen Charlie, right? Fourteen Charlie. Yeah, fourteen C. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, somehow, uh, you know, it's fine. I don't know why. What it is about single sideband that I don't do, but 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 D Star. I do do. I think there's something about single sideband just doesn't feel relaxing to me. It just feels like it's very, you know, <laughs> you you have to talk loud and it's kind of aggressive and wow. um, and I feel like you're fighting the static and everything. And yeah, yeah. I, so I just uh, single sideband just never never worked uh, for me. So 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 yeah, I think D Star is kind of a nice way to get on. The audio is great mm-hmm. uh, and everything. I'd like to do more uh, more of that. The digital modes. You know, I, I don't I don't have a DMR method here i've just got my yeah. um my d74 and my uh my new toy which is the the ic705 which has been a great COVID toy <laughs> to have that's for sure yeah so. so you it seems like you just use the local repeater you don't really use a hotspot. no yeah on. i do have a um okay what is it it's mm dvm the Pi Star, it's a little hat that goes over yes, the Raspberry yes, Pi. Yes. You know, D Star. That's the problem. There's so many different ways to do D Star. It's, it's kind of complicated. But, but yeah, I, because of my, you know, Arduinos and Raspberry Pis and all that sort of thing that I'm into, uh, the Pi Star hat worked well for me. Uh, it's not necessarily plug and play, but mm-hmm. it's you know it's close, and it's been rock solid. You know, that thing is plugged in, keep it going all the time. It's never fails me it's just it just once you set it up it just goes and yeah it's sort of on constantly and now i can use either the 705 to get to that to get out to the repeater Mm um or uh my uh my kenwood d74 so yeah we were joking with uh, mike k at mrd because he just got a 705 and uh Mm -hmm. now he has a d star radio so we're you know Mm -hmm. Before it was like in 2019, I think we were celebrating that he broke DMR somehow. He like <laughs> locked himself out, and so we were. He was asking when he or how he can break D Star now that he can get on. <laughs> He's moving on to breaking better and better things. Yeah. He likes to break yeah. things, or I don't know if he likes to, but he does. And uh, yeah. we like to 
I like to elbow him about it. Yeah. I'm well, showing you here. I got this uh, recently, yeah, this Open Spot 3. This is what I use. It's it's yeah, great because nice. I used to have a DMR radio, but it, mm-hmm. it was really hard mm-hmm. to use. So, right. And not for lack of understanding of DMR. It was just that the radio itself was notoriously mm-hmm. difficult to use. And so I ended yeah. up uh, gifting that away. And uh, I was like, well, I can't get on D-Star or DMR now. So with the Open Spot 3, it's great because I can... I can join like talk group 91 and hear the world on DMR mm-hmm. without uh, needing special reflectors or, or translators or anything like that. It's all in the hot right. spot. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that world would sort of come together a little bit more uh, yeah. often. I can't wait does. till they do that in the, the MMDVM side, mm-hmm. you know, install yeah. all those M- embed chips in there. Yeah. I think that'll be great. It seems kind of silly, right? But just cause I'm a D star, it's hard to get over to other, I know there's XLS reflectors and all that other sort yep. of thing, but uh, it starts getting a little bit uh, a little bit complicated. So, yep. um, but yeah, so I do. Yeah, a little bit of a my, the only voice stuff I do really is, is D Star mm-hmm. uh, locally here. So, um, been uh, trying to do some satellite stuff. My brother is uh, also licensed. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and he has gotten heavily into satellite, um, and so I've been trying to to figure it out. <laughs> I haven't, I've been kind of failing mm-hmm. at, at satellite. You know, it's, it's kind of one of these things where you've got, you know, two radios and an antenna you're pointing at the sky. You got wires going every which way you're, you know, I'm talking into one set of headphones and listening on a different one. And it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a little too much like, you know, rubbing your, patting your head and rubbing your stomach and well, at the same time. I, I gotta say your failure in satellite is not a unique story. I mean, I think the majority yeah. of us who, who attempt satellite fail more than we succeed in it Mm -hmm. just because it's just really difficult to get all the things to align, right. All the variables to work, right. Plus you have literal hundreds of others trying to jam into the same (laughs) satellite at the the past Mm -hmm. time. So it's like, you're lucky to get your words through and get a response, you know? Yeah. And I bought the, uh, arrow was it the Alaskan arrow, antenna um mm-hmm. they, he's, they've a couple different models the one i got just maybe a, a warning to folks out there that I, I got one that's too big it's it's handheld but it's really quite long mm-hmm. um my brother got the right one it's shorter and you know works it doesn't have so i you, guess exactly the same amount of gain but it's got enough gain you get quite a workout i get a workout out of you know, holding <laughs> a, a stupid antenna <laughs> so i've been thinking i got to get a tripod mount for it or, or something like yeah. that so uh, uh, I, I got, screwed that up, I got a, uh, arrow two antenna and that's, uh, I guess specifically for satellite. I don't know if that's the shorter or longer one that you're referring to, but, uh, it's definitely a, a chore to hold that thing up for the whole pass. Yeah. You probably have the same one. I do. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, you're really arms really stretching up, but, but the other yeah. one is much, much lighter weight. And so I've been, uh, thinking about, I got to do something about that. I think you can, you can sort of convert the bigger one to the smaller one. Uh, I think so. I got to look into that, and I've—I uh, know somebody's making made like a carbon mast. I think for the uh, for the longer one as well that lightens it up a mm-hmm. little bit. But uh, but you know, I, there's just something about satellite that's cool. But I, I just I'm I'm kind of into simplicity now. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, I think the old, the older I get, I think the more I just want I just kind of want things to just sort of sort of work. Which is why actually I for the 705. You know, I think a lot of us went through this COVID world of just trying to figure out changes in our lives due to COVID. And mm-hmm. what happened to me was I, I kind of 
freaked out and I bought a bunch of stuff. And mm-hmm. I think I've now finally sold all the stuff that I'm not using and I'm back to a something reasonable. But uh, I had bought a KX2 uh, about a year ago now mm-hmm. after looking at them for years and trying to figure out, you know, am I a KX2 guy or a KX3 or what do I want? And I knew it was one of those. And I was, I remember I had printed out the, and the size on paper and I'd cut it out the two different sizes of the two radios and I was comparing, you know, which one was bigger and smaller and how they work and, and all that. So the day I ordered the KX2 was the day they announced the, uh, the IC 705 was oh, coming okay. out. Like literally that day. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, hmm, talk about a bad time <laughs> to, uh, finally yeah. pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I thought, well, I'm not going to buy the 705. That's, that's crazy talk. Um, but of course, you know, you see all the, you remember what it was like back then. It was just so hyped and all the YouTube channels yes. and everybody was talking about everyone it. Everyone was talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It just took it by storm. And so I, I got suckered in and I, I bought the thing and, um, and I thought for a while, oh, I'll keep the KX2 and the 705 together. But you know, the, getting back to the simplicity idea where it was just, um, I would pull out the KX2 and it was I was looking at it and I would just think, ah, oh, this is, you know, I, I don't really remember all these buttons and I don't remember exactly how this works as compared to the 705. And I, yeah. and I really don't do a lot of uh, things where I need something that small. So um, I, again, just sort of simplifying and just saying, oh, look, I don't need, this is ridiculous to have both these radios, right? So, yeah. So do you do anything like that? Do you do parks on the air, summits on the air? Yeah, you know, the thing I do is uh, Saturday mornings, I often will go over to uh, our local park here and it's, you know, maybe a 15 minute walk and get out there at crack of dawn. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's one park bench that's got a perfect tree right up above it. It's got a branch that's about the right height and I'll throw a line over the, uh, over the tree branch and hoist up a, uh, and fed halfway. I made a, a bunch of, uh, uh, and fed half wave antennas, okay. you know, the seven Oh five, no tuner. Sorry. I had to yeah, the resident yeah. antennas. And, um, you know, it's funny. The first day I had the seven Oh five out there was the day of the uh, New York QSO party. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made, so just, you know, my California park here with the, you know, the five Watts and the wire up in a tree, two contacts immediately with, uh, with New York. Wow. Um, I thought, well, that's pretty cool. First year, got New York already. Yeah. So I got New York first two contacts. <laughs> and then uh, it was also, the, was it the worked all Germany party? Oh, um, I haven't also. heard of that. I have not yeah. Heard it's, of that. Uh, it's, it's some sort of a German CW event anyway. Uh-huh. Um, and so I backed a guy from Germany. Wow. From California. Uh, that's, I, I've never park. gotten Germany before. I've gotten yeah. uh, Spain, France. But, you know, hitting Europe for me is, is like a once in a, a thousand thing for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I can do it from Sacramento, you can do it from Elk Grove. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it was, I don't you know, whatever, it's a good morning, conditions were right. Uh, you know, it, the, the best part of going to the park is that, you know, the, it's very quiet, right? I can hear the, ah, yes. the noise floors. It, and it's an urban park, but just the fact, I think, that the wires just aren't, right there so the so, the nyqso party was uh cw as well yeah yeah okay yeah so um so that was cool that kind of sold me on the radio so what but, kind uh, of paddle do you use with the uh, 705 yeah i've used um at the time um i was used i think my morse was it morse cw paddle where is that thing um 
uh, CW Morse. Yeah, US. So, you know, it's the basic plastic paddle that they make, which is pretty good, which is pretty good. Around the house, uh, I have a Begali mm-hmm. uh, HST, which is a really great. Begali. Um, Whenever you yeah, say it's a, that, it's like, ooh, hams will be I, like, oh, yeah, that's luxury right there. <laughs> yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. So that was uh, for passing the advanced level of CW Ops. I, I thought oh, I, I owed it to myself yes. to get a decent pad, uh, paddle. So, because um, I really didn't have a very good paddle up until that time. So I was using kind of a junky one, which was, mm-hmm. you know, kind of restrictive. And, but the Begali, what I've learned is uh, it's a single paddle key. And, you know, honestly, I don't really love the single paddle idea. Um, really? Yeah. I think what I like better are the double paddles. And so at some point in my life, I'll, I'll probably do a Begali double paddle. Oh, that's um, interesting. Like know. all I have are, well, I have uh, one of those um, American Morse uh, dirt cheap paddles, DCPs. Mm-hmm. But everything else I have, I have a Viraplex and I have a... Uh, can't remember the call sign. I think it's E A five N. I want to okay. say that. Um, yeah. Solid state paddle, and they're both single paddle. And okay. I've I've been partial to the single paddle method. I, I think they're great because you don't have any of this iambic pinching confusion, right? You just yeah. do left or right, and right. you know it's yeah. pretty straightforward. But. Yeah, I think it's as simple as I like my fingers just kind of held apart, I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Because even the double paddle, um, I, and you know, almost everybody who has a double paddle, it really doesn't use the iambic yeah. mode. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. it's turned on and you can use it. But but if you look at what you're really doing, you're, you're typically not using the, the iambic. And I, I tell uh, beginning students to just not even worry about the idea of it being an iambic here. Mm-hmm. and just think of it, you know, obviously use the automatic keying function, right? Where if you hold yeah. it down, it goes, did, 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 and you hold the other way, da, da, da. Yeah, obviously, you know, the automatic keying aspect of it is, is crucial. But I had a student two classes ago who he was just so wrapped up in the iambic mode of like, okay, I have to hold my thumb down. And then if I tap with my finger, then the, the dit will come out, but mm-hmm. I can leave my thumb down and then I get the da, da, da. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're just doing these, these acrobats and your acrobatics in your head. Yeah. It's like added complexity that you don't need. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just tell them, look, don't even think about, uh, iambic this or that, you know, just, just move your fingers, use the automatic King. Don't, don't think about it beyond there. Cause that's what most people do anyway. You yeah. know, even yeah. ex- really, really experienced CW ops. Honestly, they're not using iambic mode very often. If they do, it's not saving them much time anyway. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I wouldn't stress out about that. So. <laughs> Uh, we're getting uh, a f- really far along in here, but I wanted to ask just about your background and mm-hmm. you know how you got started, what interested you in ham radio, and um, I yeah. noticed that you have a uh, two by one call sign. So, just your history with uh, becoming yeah. an extra as well. Yeah, so I'm kind of a late bloomer, I guess, to uh, ham radio in general. I think I was licensed in 2006. I want to say something like that. So. You know, haven't been at this all that long as comparison to, you know, lots of others out there. And so, you know, my brother was a ham way back when, uh, and he got that pretty early on. So I knew about it. I knew what it was, but just so, didn't really. Like what year are we talking about here? Oh, he was licensed back in probably 85 or so. Okay. You know? Yeah. So back so, yeah, uh, right before the height of 
so I would say cycle 20, no, 23. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I've certainly always known about uh, ham radio and uh, I went to college at uh, Chico state, got my engineering degree and had to take circuits. And I remember thinking that this was like painful, you know, having, <laughs> having to take a circuits class. I was a yeah. civil engineering student. Mm -hmm. You know, what a waste of time this was. Right. <laughs> so had no interest at all in electronics or anything like that. Um, but uh, I do remember as a kid, we uh, had built one of those uh, crystal radio sets. Mm -hmm. And growing up in the North Bay, there's a big 50 kilowatt antenna just south of Petaluma. And we were out near there, and I had that crystal radio. And I remember that, you know, obviously the, it was just booming right through, right the, into that crystal set. And just having that moment of sort of the fact, just the basic radio fascination of this is crazy that there's, there's no wires connecting, mm -hmm. something's going through the air and it's causing this tone to come out. And I, you know, I think that's really the base fascination for me with radio to this day. I think it's still, it's just, it's just this childlike fascination that, that this even works. You know, it's, it's just, it's kind of insane. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, think it about it, you know, that it that this mean, actually works. It's conceptually. We understand how this is working, but at the same time, we witness it. It's this mm -hmm. invisible force that is somehow accurately conveying this mm -hmm. transfer of information across the air. It's really it's something yeah. else, if you think about it, how that even works. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's amazing. So when people ask me why I'm into radio, things and you know all my neighbors know I'm, I'm the crazy radio guy right uh you know and so you know that's why i tell them it's like hey this is amazing this is it, the fact that this works at all is just crazy that i've got this these electrons on my little wire antenna are vibrating and some guy in germany you know it's causing that vibration all the way across the world yeah and you know this is amazing so so i think that's that's part of the fascination for me with with radio and why i i got into it but but then, yeah, somewhere in the mid 2000s, something just clicked. And I just thought, wow, this is this is super, super fun. And I wanted to to get into it and started learning from there and passed the base level exam. And even at that, I think we had I can't remember all the ins and outs because it's changed over the years. But what we could get on uh, certain bands, even with your technician license and do CW. And again, still never doing any single sideband. And it was it was it ten meters or some some bands you could get on as as a technician and um, so I just basically did that and then then I thought well I should expand my horizons a little bit got the general and then from that I went on to uh, the amateur uh, the amateur extra for and got my call sign changed so it was KI six FEN back mm -hmm. in the day and um, and only fairly recently did I move over uh, with the the extra class which is which is great it's nice you know you don't have to worry about where you're at on the bands right that's the, that's the best part about it you just yeah spin yeah. the dial and you're done <laughs> that was really my motivation i uh i remember going to general and experiencing hf i was like what is this i don't want to see this arl band chart and see yeah. parts of it where i can't go right yeah yeah <laughs> so exactly i immediately right. wanted to go straight into extra so i wouldn't have to worry about that yeah. and you know yeah. how radios are nowadays that they won't let you transmit outside the band so it's like i just want to mm -hmm. be able to spin the dial and not think about it yep 
and just yeah, spin it until you hear the the beep, right? Yeah. Um, on the uh, the icon gives you a little <laughs> beep at the edge of the bands. You go, oh, I guess I got to go go the other way now. <laughs> yeah. So. so, what do you wish you could get more into with ham radio? You know, I've because of my fascination with uh, CW, I've I've had this long term goal to get my radio telegraph operator license and uh, go out mm-hmm. and do some operating out at KPH, out at our local coast station here. Oh, okay. I've, I've really been following those guys over the years. And so what that is, it's an old coast radio station that is on, it's at a national park and they, they keep it going and you can go out there and work the station. If you're a radio telegraph operator license, not just a ham license, but it's a, that's a commercial license that you can get and you can work out there. And I've, I've just always thought that would be just a kick to go out uh, and do that someday. So that's one of the things I'd like to do. And then I just like to get out more often uh, and do more outdoor operating. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to do, I would like to do some soda activations and parks on the air. You know, we have some local parks here in, in Sacramento that, uh, yeah, I don't know that they've ever been activated actually on, uh, parks on the air Really, and, um, local state parks that we could activate for the first time. Yeah, I think so. I think the, um, I may be wrong about this, but, um, like, you know, because it's an urban setting, I think they're, they're probably, they might be a little challenging to do when that might, but that might be kind of fun too. Uh, uh, well, we're going to have to plan for it, Doug. Yeah, no, I think that would be cool. I know the, uh, what's it, the, uh, there's one right downtown, the state Capitol is one, for instance, you know, and I'm not quite sure how you'd set up at the state Capitol, but, <laughs> but, uh, wouldn't they, that be something? <laughs> they might, they might deploy some, some law enforcement and say, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We might get escorted off the grounds or something, but uh, that'd be a good story though. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I think something, yeah, some poda soda type stuff. I do a little chasing, uh, but, yeah. um, can't say I do much operating. Of course, you know, the, my weekends at the park are essentially, uh, you know, similar to that, right? Where, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm kind of set up for it. I've got all the stuff. So it's I, just, I don't, uh, have, I don't have a good excuse. It's just that this park doesn't have a designator, right? No, the, yeah. The, oh, yeah. My park doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 yeah the park I'm going to. Exactly. So, but this, uh, this Arden note, I know you had done some Arden yes. yes. stuff. And that's another thing you and I think we should do is try to try to get these routers close enough where we can make a, uh, do something with, uh, with that. And- yeah. I would have to invest in one of those, um, those beam type things and get it up mm-hmm. in the air quite a bit. Um, yeah. I'd have to look at the range and see if I could even yeah. reach you, but yeah. if anything, we should, uh, tunnel, we should get a tunnel yeah. between ours cause I'm hooked into KK4 QAM via tunnel yeah. over in Alabama. And so mm-hmm. he, he shares some services that, he put together a little weather station. I put it together a weather station on mine, which is powered by solar. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of right. runs in the backyard. We're, we're trying to figure out other things we could put on there. I think Don is trying to get uh, a PBX setup going. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yep. um, you know, just various yep. things that provide right. some telemetry or chat services, things like that over, yeah. over no, Arden. That That'd would be, be a cool. kick, yeah. I know there's me and you and there's another... Uh, fellow who's got a fairly high level setup up uh, above Folsom mm-hmm. pointed our way. And I, I haven't tried to figure out a way to, to get him. I, I, yeah. I think the problem is we're all just like a little bit too far. If there were, yes, if there was someone in between me and you, you know, that might be something we could maybe get a hop going, but, but I know it's tough. There've been people that have had an interest in the Sacramento area. There've been very, 
basic groups back when it was uh, HS high speed multimedia mm-hmm. was the thing. I know there was a, a small group that started that never quite gelled into something, but yeah, I remember you know, early on I was reading about HSMM and I was like, what is this? This sounds awesome. But then it seemed just a little too complicated for my understanding. So I never really got into it. Yeah. Just even the the concept of getting a device and, and getting it set up has so greatly simplified in the past recent years. Yeah. But back then when it was the high-speed multi, what was it? MM? Multimedia? It was high-speed multimedia, I think. Yeah, yeah high-speed multimedia network. Right. It was it was a lot more complicated to get a device that would mm-hmm. work on these frequencies. And um, yeah. it wasn't as simple as just flashing a consumer router. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. It was definitely not as simple as it is now. And plus the prices have gone down so yes. much, you know, these little, uh, these little microtech things are, I don't know, 25 bucks, 40 bucks or something like that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and they've got amazing capabilities. So, so that's fun. And I get a kick out of networking and, and all that sort of thing. I've got a, a nice ubiquity system in my house that that I use to keep up with all the Wi-Fi stuff going on and all that. So, but like all things ham radio, it's like it, it never ends. It doesn't, yeah. There's, there's just well. There's why don't you tell something. me about that? Actually, um, I noticed on your QRZ page that you are into tinkering with Raspberry Pis and Arduinos, and I assumed uh, tinkering, especially with uh, raspberry Pis, that you're probably also into networking and, yeah. you know, Linux configuration and all that all stuff, right. software. Yeah. Why don't you tell us yeah. about that? Yeah. The Linux world for me. So being a civil engineer, uh, we always used a lot of uh, GIS type data and I just wanted to kind of get a deeper dive on what GI geographic information systems are and how this all works. And so, started looking into it and there's a really great open source community for GIS stuff. And so that kind of led me into programming with Python, actually. I'd yeah. never really had done much with computer programming. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm an engineer, but I'm a civil engineer, right? So we typically just use canned programs to do our stuff or Excel spreadsheets or something like that. So, mm-hmm. so that led me down the path to Python and then the Python thing led me down the path of, you know, these, hey, these neat little Linux Raspberry Pi computers. Yep. Um, they all kind of came out right around that time. And so, you know, I've got four or five of these old Raspberry Pis <laughs> computers laying around doing yeah. doing different things. Like the D-Star uh, is one. I've got one and behind me. You can see the map. That's a, an ADSB yes. receiver. And so that's, that's a great way to combine the Raspberry Pi Linux stuff with the radio because I can sit it with the 705 and I can listen to the uh, uh, local Sacramento Executive Airport, which is a really quite a busy Class D airport. And, uh, you know, I can see the local traffic and I can hear what the tower is saying. And, and that's that's kind of fun. And the uh, there's a talk around that goes around with the airplanes that are flying around the area. And so, so that's been a kick. Yeah, definitely gotten much heavier into Linux and Python programming than I would have thought <laughs> otherwise. And, and it's like one of those things, you just start to start down this path and there's an interest. And now because of the web and open source software that's out there, you know, it's great. I kind of wish, I wish ham radio did more of that. You know, I, you know, it just, it, it's so irksome to get a new radio. And then the first thing they tell you is, oh, you have to go get a windows driver and then you have to oh, go yeah. get this special program. And then you're using some, junky old program that only works half the time and it doesn't really you know it's a serial connection to your radio 
it seems like we could do more better things. Yeah. Than, yeah. Definitely. Than that, so. What's your home shack like? Oh yeah. So I'm this, you can, you can see, but um, this is a uh, kind of a, a junk room that we have off the main house. And it, uh, it was the radio shack for a while and now it's my home office <laughs> now. So <laughs> it's my, it's my shack in my home office. So shack here, slash my, office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've got my computer right in front of me and my screen right in front of me to the right. I've got my IC 7300 and my IC 705. So I'm, I'm looking at both. And to my left, I, I've got, uh, I've got this older analog gear, which I honestly don't know what to do with. Um, Cause I don't really use it anymore, but I've got an old Tektronic 453 oscilloscope, oh, wow. uh, which is, which is super cool. Um, and it's great to turn it on and, see the see the lights and the fan and turn on and everything and <laughs> and it still works right but it's you know doesn't really you know for the modern world when we can have an oscilloscope on our telephone right doesn't really it's not something i find myself using uh, anymore in the mm -hmm. uh so I, I i think i need to find someone to take this off my hands and i've got some other analog test gear a frequency meter i've so got you, a, you say we I've can do a, an oscilloscope on our phone now i didn't know this yeah there's some that there's a whole other thing I wanted to, to we're not going to have time, but I, I, I'd ordered a, uh, one of these, uh, vector network analyzers. Oh yeah. The VNAs. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And the joke was my, my brother was like, Oh, what's your first project going to be on your VNA? And my first, <laughs> first project is to figure out what it is, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, one thing. Cause I just got this inverter that it's from China and it claims to be a pure sine wave inverter. And mm -hmm. they're like, well, how clean is it? How clean is the, waveform and i'm like well yeah. i have no idea I've, I've never owned an oscilloscope so i don't i don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> i trust yeah. it's a pure sine wave but i don't know yeah yeah so so the shack again because i've kind of I've, I've sort of haven't been doing much in the way of homebrewing things or kit building but honestly a lot of this stuff is just kind of getting dusty you know just it's not getting used and the, you know the multimeter of course that's something i use oh yeah every, every day um but i love antenna building um I've got this idea for the house uh, to get a new antenna set up. Uh, yeah, I've got, like you said, the, the G5RB, which works great. I mean, the antenna is amazing. And I worked, you know, last month I did, I worked China mm -hmm. uh, on a hundred yeah. Watts. I worked uh, Vietnam two wow. weeks ago. Uh, so, uh, so the, the contacts are out there with that. Just a simple G5R. It's not even a real G5RB. It's just, it's kind of like a random length on top. So it's not even the full length that it's supposed to be. And it's at a 45 degree angle. So it's, it's not even flat. Um, <laughs> but you know, what, what do we do? We live in the suburbs, right? We just, yeah, we, we, yeah. we piece together what we can. So I think for this, this vector network analyze, that's the first thing I'm going to do is, is play around with my antennas and just see what kind of SWRs I'm getting and how's my feed line. You know, the, uh, uh, the G5 RV has an open uh, ladder line mm -hmm. uh, feed line and you know, that thing has got, it's fallen off the roof, you know, dozens of times and it's been drug across the ground. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's like, is that thing really, thing really doing what it's supposed to be doing after all these years? <laughs> I have a rig expert, AA 600. Nice. And one of the things that it does that I still don't quite understand how it does it is it actually measures points of loss on your feed line. Yeah. Yeah. With something time domain, something, I can't remember the phrase, mm -hmm. but it's so I, you know, there would be some cables that I'd be wondering, okay, is, is, is it getting through or is it just that mm -hmm. my antenna is horrible? 
and I would measure right. and it would, I would notice that like at a certain, like maybe 10 feet, it would say that there was like a drop off or something like mm-hmm. that on the yep. chart. And I'd be like, Oh, so this coax is actually not good. And then I'd change yep. it out and suddenly my signal is, is so much better. So yep. yeah, yep. Yep. It's, it's some cool stuff that we, useful. that, that do you have nowadays in these analyzers? Yeah. I don't know if the nano VNA can do that, but you know, at least you're, you're carrying around this like little tiny pocket sized, highly informative device that you could take portable right. with you and find yeah. out all kinds of good stuff about how your setup mm-hmm. is in the field. Yeah. Yeah. And antennas are so important. I, I joke that it's really, you know, we call it amateur radio, but we, we should call it amateur antenna because it's, you know, it's, <laughs> that's it's, really, it's, uh, that's good. Yeah, amateur. it's really about the antenna, right? That's you know we we're, spend all this time uh, worrying into about amateur antenna. Yeah, we spend all <laughs> this time worrying about the you know what's the box that it's attached to, right? Is a is it a seventy three hundred? Is it a seven hundred five? Is it a KX? You know all the on and on and on, right? But at the end of the day, we attach these things to the antenna, and that's to me that's where the magic happens. And and you know I think we we do ourselves a favor I think by spending more time thinking about that side of things. You know, than we do about the actual box that that's uh, that's coming out the other side of the thing. So yeah, exactly. That's so. that's a very good point. What is your favorite gear? We're talking about amateur antenna, but in terms yeah. of like your appliances <laughs> now, what yeah. is your favorite uh, commercial, homemade? Just uh, tell us what what you like. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite radio of all time was a uh, was a NorCal forty, um, and this was you know years ago. This was a uh, uh, the NorCal QRP club put this kit out and, uh, you build it yourself from, a from a you know, list of, uh, materials they send you. And, um, and it's just always had been my favorite sounding radio. It just, you know, lots of good memories, taking it portable and operating it. And, you know, it certainly doesn't have any of the bells and whistles that a modern radio has. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, it sounded great. And so that's kind of my, my favorite, you know, um, you know, if I'm thinking with my heart, I guess that's, I love that radio, but no uh, longer available. You can't find these anymore. Yeah. You can't find the kits anymore. I don't think. And, uh, you could, if you really wanted to, you could build one, of course, cause you could find the, uh, you could find the lists of, uh, uh, things to buy and, um, uh, you know, the bomb and you could, you could put it together from that if you really wanted to, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's selling just a package that you buy and it's got all the things in a bag for you, you know, which is, so if you want to source all the parts, yeah, you could do it. Um, and, uh, and it's a great learning rig too, to figure out, you know, what the different parts of a radio are and how you put it together. And, mm-hmm. and so, so that was a kick, but I, yeah, I think my love right now is just the, the IC 705. It's just fantastic. You know, I, I had it out my, uh, parents live in uh, Santa Rosa and so uh, and they're getting on. And so I go over there once every month or so. And uh, so I was in their backyard and I had the 705 and it was listening to a Giants game on AM radio. And then later in the <laughs> night, you know, I, I turned on the FM and I did listen to FM and listen then, to the you know, broadcast stations. Yeah. Broadcast stations. And, and then, you know, uh, you can click over to D star and I can hit the, one of the D star repeaters, um, then, you know, I can put an antenna up on the tree in their backyard and I can do work CW and, you know, just this little radio is just doing all of these things. It's just kind of mind boggling, you know, all the different things that it does. Yeah. So when you're operating the 705, is it on external battery doing all these different things? You know, I, I need to, um, to, 
yeah, I got, I got to figure out my external battery situation because I, I really haven't done that yet. It's, it's very cool that it charges on five volts. Um, so I do have a, a cell phone charger that I take and I'll recharge the battery on the cell phone charger. Yeah. Um, but you can't really operate with that yeah. while that's plugged in. Um, yeah. But obviously you can plug a 12 volt battery in, right? Yeah. And, and I could do that. So, so I do have a couple of just, you know, SL sealed lead acid batteries that I've got, but I haven't entered the, uh, uh, I haven't gotten on the go with Denko yet. Oh, so that's, okay. what I, that's what I, <laughs> that's what I need to do. Yeah. I love so your, uh, for your my video. listeners, Denko is kind of a, a joke phrase that we have. Um, I, I like to make batteries. And so I think it was Kate MRD who coined it. So I put up a fake company webpage just to, you know, document my builds. And I actually have to update it because I just finished a very large battery yeah. recently. Yeah, Denko, AD60M yep. Denko, lithium iron phosphate batteries. And on my, my about page, it says, what is it? Non-GMO antibiotics-free <laughs> batteries. Yeah. Which is true. <laughs> right. But I don't know why you would ever do that to a battery. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah cool. I mean, uh, I, that's that's something that you said about the 705 that I just remembered. Um, I remember connecting it to digital, uh, you know, FL Digi for the first time with my laptop. And I was like, hey, this thing is charging right now. Yeah. <laughs> just to do awesome. the, the USB uh, cat mm-hmm. control. I was like, yep. whoa. So I could actually charge my radio while I'm doing digital modes. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And so, but yeah, I, I, I'm honestly, and I've been listening to you talk about, um, the batteries and, uh, the kits and that does sound like fun to get, to get into that and do something like that. And then of course, you know, we both see the, uh, what's it? OH eight STN. Oh yeah. And he's got that power film lightsaber max thing. And, yes. and part of me, well, I want that is what I want, yeah. <laughs> but it's really expensive. So yeah, I don't know if is. we're going to, yeah. <laughs> Everything power film is awesome, but it's really expensive. Yeah. It kind of solves a lot of the problems though. You know, it's like, it's, you throw that thing out there and, uh, you know, a California day when you're going to be operating is probably going to be a pretty nice day and yeah. you're going to be generating, you know, plenty of power with that thing. So that might be, um, in my future. So yeah, I'm thinking that now it's like, well, am I going to kind of get into the building my own batteries and, or am I just going to, you know, wimp out and do the off the shelf <laughs> solution here? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everyone has to think about that, especially with all the discussions that we have about uh, the DIY world of of batteries. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really, it boils down to how much do you really want to get all this like supporting gear, all yeah. the equipment that you need to actually build one. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's just not worth it. You know, it's like, right. oh, I'm going to buy the spot welder and I'm going to buy all these, you know, like these hundreds of nickel strips and I'm only going to make one battery. So why mm-hmm. do I need to? invest all this money into all this, all these tools that I only use once. Right. Yep. Yep. And as a ham radio guy who was into kit building and homebrew, you know, I already, I've already got all of these uh, drawers full of odd parts and funny tools. And (laughs) it's like, do I want to go down the rabbit hole with a, with a whole other thing? So, but I, I love your videos and um, I think this, it's, it's super cool that we have this uh, available to us now, this technology. It's, unbelievable yeah i really don't know what i'd be doing about that i'd probably have a bunch of bioenos if the parts weren't so inexpensive 
right. and easy to find. I mean, there is a weight. A lot of these parts you have to get from China because you can't find them elsewhere. Right. And yeah. you just have to wait two months. Yeah. <laughs> you order yeah. something and you just wait. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, like that nano VNA. I, ordered, I don't know how long ago I ordered that thing. And, uh, you know, it's every two weeks I get some sort of email from some strange place saying, oh, it's, it's a little bit closer. It's a little bit closer. It's a little bit closer. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's yeah, the batteries. It's, it's probably kind of the fun too, is you're sourcing the stuff and you're researching and you're trying to figure out what works. And, you know, that has appeal to us too, I think, as we uh, optimize our, yeah. what we've got. I mean, there's the other end of it too. Uh, I've been on AliExpress and I'd find something that seemed too good to be true in terms of like battery cells or something like that. And surprisingly little information listed about it. So you're just like, yeah. if this is true, this would be the best sell I could find. And then I've done many purchases that way where I just like, I'll just give this a try. I'll, I'll order mm -hmm. eight cells and see what happens. And yeah. they actually turn out to be pretty good. Not exactly mm -hmm. to the claims that like, I think uh, one set of batteries I bought was uh, supposed to be seven amp hours for lithium iron phosphate in a little tiny package, a 20, uh, 32, 700 size. And I was just yeah. like, if this is true, this is amazing. This all, that's yeah. a lot of energy density for that size. And it, it turned out to be around six and a half at best, mm -hmm. which is not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. And it was super for cheap. That. 10 years ago, we would have killed think, for that. I think it was like $3 per cell or something like mm -hmm. that. So, I mean, it's, it was, right. it was a good experiment and I've had more of those successes than, the yeah, total busts. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right. pretty happy with the results. You know, the fact that the chemistry is so safe is very cool too. You know, you're oh, not yeah. worried about, cause what, whatever I do buy, I'll be traveling with it. I, for my job, I, I do a fair amount of travel down to Southern California mostly. So a lot of Southwest flights and that sort of thing. So whatever I get, it's going to get thrown on an airplane. So, so it's, you know, having something I don't have to worry about. Yeah. That's another thing I'm waiting for the aviation, the, the, consumer aviation industry to catch up because when you pack something like that, like mm -hmm. a lithium iron phosphate, and especially when you made yourself and I haven't done that yet. I've only, only ever brought commercial ones on planes mm -hmm. just because it has all the labeling that I need. Yeah. But they'll ask you, is there a battery in here? And they don't distinguish. They just right. know it's a battery and it's yeah. dangerous. Right. Mm -hmm. And right. and you try to explain, well, this is lithium iron phosphate. It's not going to explode. You know, yeah. you have to like yeah. literally blow it up with gunpowder to make it explode. You know, mm -hmm. you can't puncture it and it won't catch fire. But yeah, they're, they're most of them don't to that argument. <laughs> yeah. They, most don't understand that they won't accept it. Right. They'll just say, this right. is a lithium battery. It's dangerous. You can't put it in your checked luggage. You got to take it on your carry on and you got to have it on your yeah. person and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. But I mean, I can't really complain. We're, we're still, we're still restricting water bottles right now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of security theater going on. That's for sure. So, yeah. um, but anyways, that's part of my thought too, is, um, you know, what's, what's going to be the easiest thing to get on a plane and get off a plane and not have anyone worry about it. Oh, oh it's funny. I did travel with through the years, you know, I've traveled with uh, homemade, radios that looked insane 
you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, breadboarded stuff. That's just, if you look at it, you just think, well, this is obviously a terrorist, right? <laughs> and, and they, you would think they would say something, but you know, they don't. It's just, just a like, nest oh, yeah. of wires and transistors yeah. <laughs> and capacitors and stuff. <laughs> right. You know, and I know they see it because it goes by the thing and it's like, all right, well, whatever, big, big bunch of wires on a board, those all soldered together. Huh? And they don't, they don't seem to care. It's funny yeah. the things they notice. And I joke about notice. that too, because the first time I brought one of my homemade batteries to work, it was not encased or wrapped in that blue PVC that makes it look pretty. Mm-hmm. So it was just a lot of cells with some weird board on it. And I had a voltmeter on there, so it had a LED display. So you look at that, and it's got wires attached to each of the ends. So it, it really did look like yeah. a bomb. Yeah. And they're like, Dennis, what are you doing? What are you up to? <laughs> what is that? What did you make? Yeah. Going on and I'm here? like, no, this is just a ham radio battery. It's not a big deal. <laughs> it's those headway yeah. cells. I don't know if you know those headway cells, but they look, they're big blue mm. cylinders. Oh yeah. Okay. But yep. when in that configuration, they, they look very bomb like and yeah. uh, alarming to coworkers apparently. Yeah. I would think so. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Good stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Keep up the battery stuff. That's been, that's been fun. We, I think uh, I think everyone's been enjoying that. So. Yeah, it's fun. I'm, uh, I keep on finding new reasons I need to make another pack. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, oh, there's new one I want to see I about. Make, yeah, uh, you've got you've really umped up your. You've got a, a big high capacity thing going on. Oh, now, that one so. is more like okay. What if the power goes out? How do I keep right. my computer on? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the ones that I typically make are are more sure. for ham operation or mm-hmm. various. Things like I want to keep uh, some LED lights on outside without having to run a huge long extension cord from the house, yeah. right? And okay. uh, yeah. just set up right. a small panel and one of my homemade batteries and hook up the LED lights, which use very little power. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. can have a uh, kind of a, a dusk till dawn awesome backyard light mm-hmm. without yeah, having to cool. worry about how to power it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I need something like that for because one of my Arduino projects, my neighbors get a kick out of it. It's a, uh, it's an Arduino with a temperature sensor, and so it knows the temperature, and then it it uh, it plays the temperature in Morse code on lights. Ah, okay. So it's uh, oh, so that's Christmas cool. time. My lights are blinking the temperature in Morse code. So everyone Christmas. is just thinking it's decorative blinking, but you're yeah. reading the temperature, and you just somehow mm-hmm. know your temperature at any given time. <laughs> yeah. And then I blink it like that. So, so and then my, with my neighbors, I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach them, you know, how they can tell. I'm like, no, it's 43. See, well, you know, look, see, it's a four. Uh, that's a three. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that got, like, that gets me thinking though. I, I think I want to make uh, some kind of Arduino Morse code clock, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it will take longer to read the time, but it would be interesting and good practice. You know, you just see this thing blinking and you're like, Oh, it's 423 yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can even tell you the temperature. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the all kinds of stuff. Yeah, the the cool. clock that only you can read in the house. Yep. <laughs> all right. Next question. Uh, who are your ham radio Elmers or ham heroes? Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, I, I was just, to me, I guess since I got my license in 2006, you know, um, it's just always been online. Uh, I've never joined a local club. Um, my, uh, you know, I have a very busy job and it's, um, you know, I I do a lot of uh, community things outside of ham radio. So I haven't really found a sort of a a community of local people that I've gotten involved with at the club level. 
uh, for whatever whatever reason. So I think for like a lot of people now, it's you know it's just watching the, all the all the guys on YouTube that have the different sites, and well, I think we talked about Josh and yes, you know his channel is great. And so I, I don't, I, I'm sorry I missed it, but your brother you mentioned is a ham. Is he an extra yeah. as well, or uh, is let's he? See. I think he's a general. Yeah, general. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's been elmoring me through this satellite craziness because mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, he's very good at it. He's having contacts. But I think he did California to Florida, I think, the other day or something like that. Uh, wow. Satellite. It was I, like. Uh, I wouldn't even think that was possible. Well, yeah, it was, it was a Florida or Texas. Uh, anyway, it was, a, it was quite a long mm-hmm. QSO. And so, so, yeah, he's been kind of helping me uh, with that sort of thing. But it's, it's kind of the usual with the YouTube guys and then uh, like i mentioned solder smoke podcast is something that i've always listened to and so that's kind of what i do i just sort of get online and and learn things that way so um but i would like to get more involved in the local club you know i'll get on the the repeater every now and then one of the local uh repeaters i i don't can't even remember the call signs of them but it's so rare that i i get on but every now and then it seems like a you know interesting group of, of folks yeah uh uh, on there, so yeah, I, I should do some something with the local club. I kind of feel like I'm I'm not giving back or something by by not doing that. So I would it's, like. To it's do been it. a while since I've been on 14 Charlie. I, maybe I should hook in and and just say hello to folks in the yeah. local area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been good, um, and I've met a few local hams uh, that way too on that. And every now and then I'll, I'll uh, just one four six point five two. Uh, locally, you know, it's surprising in, in Sacramento area. Anyway, yeah. I guess we have enough population density that I've got a J pole up about 25 feet in my backyard that I can mm-hmm. hoist up. And, um, and, you know, it's surprising who comes back. Uh, if you, if you just give out a call on, on 6.52. And I, I guess that's just cause we have, you know, a fair amount of hams. Yeah. Uh, in the and area. we're in a Valley. So mm-hmm. anyone out there up on the Sierras can mm-hmm. reach us very easily. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's been fun too. So, but yeah, I I think yeah, doing more local stuff uh, I think would be would be a kick. And you and I, yeah, we have to get together and we got to meet up somewhere. And uh, well, I'm glad uh, you reached out because uh, at a certain point you reached out. I think it was either email or Twitter. I can't remember. And you just said, "Hey, you're local." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, let's meet up sometime. And I was like, "Yeah, cool." But then, of course, mm-hmm. you know, all the lockdown stuff. And then you reached out again after I think it was after my virtual clubs podcast yep. and you're like ah, i want to know more about this jerry net thing and so now you're part of that yep. Yep. and you're chatting with us in in our crazy banter on slack yeah yeah i've been okay. enjoying that i, I that's my first experience with slack also so, so yeah. I'm, I'm i'm kind of learning slack and 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 the jerry net stuff is is fun but yep. yeah glad you joined and uh yeah it's surprising how how close you are yeah not that far not quite close enough for uh Arden, I guess, but uh. not close enough for uh, <laughs> maybe simplex two meters, but yeah, not close, so. not close enough for uh, Arden, mm-hmm. unless yeah. I got some uh, CCNR violating tower set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we should try a sked. Yeah. Plus, I, I don't know. Uh, were you you were putting up a NVIS antenna? Did you mention the other day? Yeah, I was trying to figure out how to get something kind of low to the ground set up for mm-hmm. 40 just to, to be able to do NVIS in the event of uh, mm-hmm. like a communications outage. I could at least ping people in the immediate vicinity, like, mm-hmm. you know, like Rex KE6MT over in uh, San Jose 
whenever we're chasing together uh, someone on one of the peaks in Arizona or in the Sierras, I can never hear them, even though right. they're technically close. They're probably right. maybe like 80 miles away or 70 miles mm -hmm. away, right? Right. So I want to figure out a, an HF way to talk to them. Right. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we should do set up a sked and see if we can get something that, that works, yeah. NVIS between us. And I just had a talk with KH2SR Jim, who's over in Ripon, and oh. Oh, yeah. he makes this Linktenna, which is a great antenna as well. Mm -hmm. I want to put that in my roof, in my attic, but um, I've used it on a fence for NVIS as well, and it's, it's pretty mm. good for that. Yeah, okay. It's lossy yeah. because it's a slinky. But right, yeah, <laughs> it is a yeah, good a good antenna for NVIS. Yeah, that was that was a good that was fun to listen to. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, no, let's uh, you know think of some ways to uh, to test some things. It'd be fun. Yeah. So, in closing, anything you want to say or plug or give advice about? Uh, I guess I'll just you know, hey CW, if you're into it, you want to learn uh, CW Ops is a good way. You know, I think everybody has the ability to do it, and it's uh, and it's fun. And I know a lot of the soda people that that listen to your podcast are probably, you know, if they're not CW, they're thinking, boy, I really gotta, I gotta learn. So, um, they can, you know, reach out to me and if they want some assistance or help, you yeah. know, don't hesitate to, to let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can do. So I'll get your QRZ. You, you have a website as well. I'll get that on the show notes. Yeah. And don't Twitter. do too much with the website, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, just for, for ways for them to contact you. If, yeah. if they're interested, I'll also post up the CW Ops website because yeah, that'd uh, be great. some people, I'd be surprised, but some people may not have heard of that. Right. It is a great yeah. way to jump into CW and kind of get a, a quick crash course where you are proficient. I would say even yep. after the, the beginner class, you are proficient. And I think, uh, I forget who it was, K6RB, I want to say, Rob, yep. over yep. in um, not the Bay Area. Yeah, where's Rob? He's, I think uh, he's Santa Cruz. Somewhere. Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, great. He said that if you're if you get past beginner CW ops, you're already mm. in the top three percent of CW operators mm. in the world. Yeah. Or something like no, that. No, I think that's true. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. Yeah, because everyone else is slugging around at these these very slow speeds, and I, I think they're 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 getting aggravated because it's so slow, mm -hmm. um, and uh, they're just not taking that dive to to amp up the speed and if we get to the beginner class then yeah you know you know all the characters at 20 words per minute and that's yeah that's put you well on your way yeah all right well thanks doug for taking yeah. the time again it's been yeah, a great chat me. uh i do uh, the audience can't see it but i do like your shack it's uh you got some cool stuff there in the background <laughs> and uh the adsb thing is something i want to get going i have a spare rtl sdr that i want to try to set up yeah. and uh and start tracking planes that fly over my house yeah go to <laughs> flightaware flightaware.com and you can you can download the uh the images for the for the radio and the software is built in and it's uh it's kind of plug and play uh it's been it's mm -hmm. been cool and then because you're feeding the system they give you an enterprise version of all the services that they offer ah so it's like um, you share your data and they they give you a license is yeah, kind of and thing? so you can, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I grew up around general aviation, so I'm always kind of curious about, you know, who is that flying over my house? And you can, <laughs> yeah. you can click, and you can, you know, pilots don't like this much, but you can, you know, 
oftentimes you can see exactly who the pilot is and you know who oh, owns okay. the airplane and uh, <laughs> what kind of airplane it is and all this all this sort of stuff so maybe maybe not good for privacy but uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of fun for geeky guys like us who you know think it's cool to have that that ability and so yeah the ADSB receivers are very fun I, I can get planes up from from uh, basically Sacramento up to Reading about oh wow um, that's pretty far and, yeah provided they're up the higher altitude of course the better so if they're up at you know 38 40,000 feet uh, I can I can pull them in from Reading to Reno to San Francisco to you know down south almost to uh, to Fresno um, I think I saw an SR 71 or something mm-hmm. uh, the other day uh, it doesn't say what it is but it's it does say that it's flying around Northern California and it's over 60,000 feet ah. um, so you're like I don't know how so many you just kind are. of derive what that would be if it's that high <laughs> yeah it's either the u2 out at beale um which i actually see a lot uh the, yeah. there's some sort of u2 out at beale that i've seen so it was a u2 that they have or uh, anyway some airplanes is going very quickly <laughs> you know up very high and it does a big circle down southern california and comes back and you know lands somewhere north of sacramento so uh so you yeah you kind of come across interesting things like this that you find yeah uh, just sort of stumble onto so yeah i, I recommend it it's, it's a kick sounds cool all right. Thanks a lot, right. Doug. And yeah, I'll catch you. you later. I'll say seven right. three. Seven three, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Yeah. Bye. You've been listening to Handum Thoughts by eighty sixty M. Thanks a lot, and we'll catch you next time.